Yo, what is really good? It is Edwin, aka A1 Hoops, back up in your feed, back up in your notification box. What's really good? It's been a minute since I've dropped a potty, but you know what? Better late than never. I'm back up in your feed. So with that being said, Hoops Cast, episode 12. Let's get it. The first thing we're going to be discussing today, and by we, I mean me, because it's just me on here. <laughs> Surprise. But the first thing I'm going to be talking about with you guys today is Steph Curry. Come on. If you guys have been following Hoops, you guys know all about what's going on and what's being said about Steph Curry. You know that his legacy is on the line, quote unquote. Last year in the 2019-2020 NBA season, the man played something like six, seven games throughout the regular season, and he ended up breaking his wrist in, I believe, December. And as soon as he went down, what did everybody say? Oh, Steph faked an injury, this and that. He was scared to play without Clay or without, you know, KD, stuff like that. People were just saying anything to discredit Steph Curry. And they made up this false narrative that he purposely sat out and just faked an injury. That's what they were saying. Come on, you know, the, the streets be talking and they say whatever they want to say about Steph Curry. That's what the Steph Curry haters were saying last year. Now, it's a new year. It is the 2020-2021 NBA season. And forget about it. The Warriors started off terribly and embarrassing. They went off, they started off 0-2. and two. So, you know, the first two games they lost. They lost to the Nets. And I'm brain farting who the second team was that they lost to. But they were 0-2, and Steph Curry played pitiful. He was absolutely just not himself. I believe he had like 19 points in his first game, terrible shooting percentages. You name it, it was bad. And what was the narratives going around? Oh, look at that. He doesn't have Klay Thompson, doesn't have KD, doesn't have Dre. He's playing on a crappy team. Let's see what he can really do. Those were the things that were being said about Steph Curry. Curry. They were just straight up haterade. But it's been looking real good lately for Steph Curry. And I got to say, these last four games, or was it three? Something like that. I believe it was four games. Steph has been looking mighty good. Now, first things first, Steph Curry has nothing left to prove in his career. Steph Curry is amazing. He's easily, let me say that one more time for the people in the back, easily the greatest shooter in the history of basketball. James Naismith, you know, he created a basketball way back in 1898 in a YMCA gym, Massachusetts. I believe it was Springfield. And since then, it's been, what, 120 years, something like that. We've never seen anybody shoot like this in 120 years of basketball. No one has shot the ball like this kid. But yet, he still has something to prove. Are you serious? He's shot 40% from three in every single season of his career, except last season when he got hurt. But he still has something to prove. He has something to prove, but he's a three-time NBA champ, and he's beaten LeBron James in all three of those championships, who some people consider the GOAT, but he still has something to prove. He's a two-time MVP. Now, you could say he might not have deserved that first one. You know, people were saying it was James Harden. But that second one, though, <laughs> it was kind of unanimous. You know, something that never happened before. Something that probably would never happen again. But he still has something to prove, though. It doesn't, see, it doesn't really, when you say it like that, it doesn't really make a lot of sense, does it? Now, people can say, oh, yeah, well, you know what? His 2015 ring, oh, Kyrie and Kevin Love was hurt. But he still won, though. I mean, 
Kawhi doesn't have anything to prove, right? But he won in 2019 against Steph Curry. <laughs> uh, I mean, you can do that with almost anybody, really. The point is, injuries are a part of the game. Some people, sometimes there's injuries on the other side, and some teams or players still didn't capitalize. So to hold that against Steph Curry is kind of foolish. And, you know, people say, oh, he got locked up by Dolvadova in the 15 finals, but that's not really true. I mean, he averaged, I believe, 27 points per game in that finals, something like that. Now, how is it looking right now for Steph Curry? It was bad after those first two games, not going to lie. It was looking like, oh, you know what, maybe. Maybe he really can't carry a team to the playoffs. But where is he at now? Well, as it sits, he's leading the league in scoring. Nobody's scoring more points than him right now. He's averaging 32.3 points per game, 6.2 assists per game, 4.7 rebounds per game. The Warriors are 3-3, three and three, six in the Western Conference. If the playoffs were to start today, they wouldn't even have to go to a play-in. Now, if you take away the first two games, you know, those two games where Steph Curry played real badly, that's, how would his stats look? This is somebody who still has something to prove. 38.8 points per game, 5.3 assists per game, 5.0 rebounds. He's shooting 50.5% from the field, 42.3% from the three-point line, 97.5% from the free-throw line. But once again, Steph Curry still has something to prove. I just, I just, I, I got to keep reiterating that because the haters won't let me get by that. And he had a 62-point game. Are you serious? He completely cooked the Portland Trailblazers. It was really sad. Like, you almost felt bad for the Portland Trailblazers. Like, damn. If you have any friends that are Damian Lillard fans, you might want to check up on them because even though that was about two days ago, they might still be feeling that. I mean, it was just really, really pathetic. So, as far as Steph Curry is concerned, he has nothing left to prove. Now, the Warriors, they got something to prove because (laughs) that team is hot trash. It is straight-up tartar sauce. Andrew Wiggins, trash. Kelly Oubre, trash. Draymond Green, solid. I mean... Yeah, obviously he's not going to affect the scoreboard a lot because, you know, he doesn't score. But he does the things that you need a player to do. He's gritty, the defense. He's doing a lot of things, and his impact has been felt immediately. He's definitely changed life for the Golden State Warriors. But the Warriors as a whole are not a great team. If you take away Steph Curry, who is their shooter? (laughs) They ain't got nobody with a green light, nobody with a strap on that team. Steve Kerr, the coach, can shoot better than almost everybody on that team except Steph. Actually, he would be the best shooter on that team. Steve Kerr was a hooper back in the day. And when I say that, I mean he was good. Like, he was a really good three-point shooter. Not saying that people didn't know he used to hoop. But, like I said before, stop with the Steph Curry hate. It's really nonsense. Now, moving on, we're going to be talking about Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, as well as the Brooklyn Nets, because obviously... They play for the Brooklyn Nets. Surprise. (laughs) Got to be honest. Got mixed feelings about the Brooklyn Nets because, first of all, let's just get this out of the way. They're easily the best 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 thing to watch in basketball right now. When those two step on the court, it's a problem. They know how to hoop. These are the two arguably most skilled players that the game of basketball has ever seen. Earlier, I said Steph Curry is the best shooter, you know, in 120 years of basketball. These two, KD and Kyrie, are arguably two of the most skilled players we've ever seen. When you look at Kevin Durant, the man is seven feet tall. I know on basketball reference, it might tell you six foot nine, but we all know that's cap. Kyrie Irving, 
Oh, I mean, when you look at somebody like KD, seven foot tall with a seven six wingspan, he can dribble like he's six foot two. He can shoot with the best of them. I mean, outside of Steph, Clay, Ray, and Larry Bird, I mean, not too many people can shoot better than KD can. And he's easily the best big man shooter we've ever seen. He's not a true big man, but easily the best seven foot shooter we've ever seen. And then you have a guy like Kyrie, Uncle Drew, that bag. And I know everybody on Twitter hates, you know, when you talk about somebody's bag, but that bag can't be ignored. I mean, that's a Birkin bag. Come on, yo. When you watch Kyrie, who is a show? I mean, there's just nothing he can't do with The Rock. And then imagine them together <laughs> because this isn't 2K. Like, this isn't my league, you know, or my association, whatever, where you got both of them in, in free agency. Nah, this is real life. KD and Kyrie Irving, dead at, I don't know if I can swear out here, so I'm not, but they dead bleep play on the same team. <laughs> and no pun intended because I know they're in New York. But they have great synergy. Low key. Like they play well off each other. So far, it seems like there's no bad blood or there's nothing, to- there's no toxicity or anything of that nature between them when they hoop together. And it's just great. I just love the way they play off each other. Um, down the stretch in one game, it did seem like there was a little bit of a problem. Uh, I believe it was the game against the Hawks or the game after. I can't really remember, but down the stretch, they kind of had a little bit of a miscommunication but you know what that happens when teams are new obviously this is the first time playing together they've only played a few games together so obviously you know there's going to be things like that people are going to bump heads naturally it happened with LeBron and D Wade in Cleveland I mean when you put two great players together of course there's going to be a curve you know you got to give them time to get completely acclimated but they do this team is going to do major damage however it's not just KD and Kyrie I don't know if you guys watch hoops, but Karis Levert, that man is a straight up bucket. That man is a hooper. Like he knows how to hoop. That man, and he's coming off the bench. Uh, maybe it's a little too early to do. It's way too early to be doing, you know, award predictions stuff like that. But Karis Levert can really, honestly, have a running for six man of the year. Like he can really score the ball. You know, he's a he's a he's a wing. Obviously, he's not great defensively, but what he can do on the offensive end, you know, he provides that instant offense off the bench. That's what every championship contending team needs. You need somebody off the bench who can just hoop and just put the ball into the rack. I mean, what is there else to be said? You know, he's, he can shoot in the mid-range especially. He's not even just a th- uh, layups and threes like everybody is trying to go, like the analytics say you should. He can get a basket from anywhere. That tween Hezzy, I'm telling you. Like I said, I know y'all hate when people talk about bags, but he got a bag too. Now, Spencer Didwitty is out with an injury, and they're going to the Nets. So I was going to miss him until he gets back. But when you throw Dinwitty, Karis Levert, KD, and Kyrie, I mean, what are you really talking about? That is a team of pure hoopers. They all, they should call themselves the Brooklyn Hoopers at this point because they all know how to hoop. They're, obviously, they have Steve Nash as their coach. He's a first-time head coach. And so far, I mean, he's not doing bad. He's not doing, you know, great, but he seems solid. He's not a bad coach by any means as far as, we're, as far as we know. We haven't heard anything bad about him. He seems pretty solid so far. They have MDA, Mike D'Antoni, as the assistant coach. Some people obviously don't really – most people are not really a big fan of him, but, I mean, obviously, he knows hoops. And – 
But here's the problem, though, and this is what's holding the Nets back, and this is why they are struggling. It's the defensive end of the basketball. Now, you've heard the cliche saying, oh, yeah, defense wins championships, damn it. My bad. That was a curse. My fault. But it is true. You need some type of defense. You need to have a little bit of clamps on your team. And you know what the Brooklyn Nets don't have? They ain't got no clamps. They can't stop a parked car. I got to be honest with you. If you put me on the court, I'm eating. Like, the Nets is dead, ass, is dead food. Like, I'll really score on them. Because they don't have any type of defense outside of Jared Allen and DeAndre Jordan at the rim. But aside from that, there's no perimeter defense. Like, if you're a perimeter player, like if you're like a, a, like a Steph or like a James Harden or anything like that, you finna get buckets because they don't have anybody to stop you. I mean, Terurian Prince, I think that's how you pronounce his name. He's solid. Like, he's a good defender. But that's it. Like, come on now. <laughs> you need more than that. So the Nets need to find a way to improve their prove on approve to improve on the defensive end of the basketball court because you can't just go out there hoping to outscore everybody we've seen that before we've seen that with the houston rockets with james harden cp3 they had to actually were a good defensive team but they were primarily trying to outscore you and just throw up a bunch of threes and pray to god it worked we've seen that prior to that with the phoenix Suns, seven seconds or less steve nash steve nash is cash but they were not able to win a championship. And a lot of that had to do with the defensive end of the basketball. You can't just hope to outscore people every time because it's going to be nights where your shot is not falling. But what you could always hang your hat on as a basketball team is, hey, you know what? We can play defense. Because the thing about defense, if you know anything about hoops, if you ever played basketball in a day in your life, defense is 95% effort. If you're trying to play defense, you're normally going to be pretty good at it. Normally. Obviously, there's things you got to learn still, but... For the most part, it's mostly effort. So you have to get better at defense. And it's the easiest thing to improve because, like I said, it's just effort. So they need to get some type of perimeter defense. They need some 3 and D. It seems like <laughs> that's like the most sought-out thing in the NBA. You need some 3 and D. Give me good old-fashioned 3 and D. Like a Trevor Ariza in his prime type of player. Uh, Danny Green in his prime. Obviously, he's not as much of a defender as he used to be. Avery Bradley. Uh, people like that, people who know how to clamp down, that's what they need to improve on. Uh, and recently, KD, because of the coronavirus protocols, he'll be missing the next four games, well, three or something like that, because he was exposed to somebody who tested positive. So he's going to be missing some time. But that's how I feel about the Brooklyn Nets. I mean, KD and Kyrie are hoopers. It seems like it's working, but they do need to improve on that defensive end. And we'll see where it goes. Let's go ahead and talk about the Toronto Raptors. What is really good? <laughs> like, yo, if you're a Raptors fan, you might want to go ahead and click out because this this episode ain't for you. The the, the Raptors is is really really pathetic. Like it's it's really bad. They need to get some help. They need to seek the Lord. Uh they're hot garbage right now. They're 1 in 5. You heard me correct. No, they didn't win 15 games. It hasn't even been 15 games yet. They won one game, and they lost five of them. That's a 16% win percentage. They're like, what, 12th or 13th? I believe 14th in the East. The East has not even the stronger conference. They play in the weaker East. Now, mind you, the East is better this year. Let, let me not go ahead and disrespect the East. The East is actually pretty stacked, low-key. You got the Bucks. You got 
Miami. You got the Pacers, who are playing extraordinary. You got the Magic, the Wizards, even though they're not playing too great. You got the Nets, the Celtics. I mean, it's a, it's some teams in the East this year. The East, you can't say the East, you can't say the East is weak by any means. But they're still not better than the West, though. They're still the weaker of the two conferences. They're still the second best conference. <laughs> and the Raptors are still hot trash. They're tartar sauce. It's pathetic. It's really embarrassing. If you're a Raptors fan, like I said, this ain't your year. Uh, Siakam, spin move Siakam. He's been trash. Like, the last game that he's played really well that I can remember was that last game before the COVID-19 shutdown. He had, like, 27 points. He was cooking. He was trashing the bubble, and now he's trashing the regular season. I'm starting to feel like Siakam is hot trash. And I'm a little bit mad about that because in my fantasy league, I messed around and traded Julius Randle for Pascal Siakam. And boy, I didn't realize how I just got fleeced. Like, I got really finessed. Pascal Siakam has been hot trash. The Raptors have just not been playing great basketball. Um, We've been hearing, well, not we've been hearing, but like the media has been saying how Kyle Lowry needs to get traded. Maybe they should look forward to a rebuild. There was a brief moment where Raptor fans thought maybe James Harden would go to the, you know, to Houston. I mean, people thought James Harden would go to the Raptors, but for what? <laughs> like, who are y'all going to give him? Fred Van Vliet? Like, there's nobody even appealing for the Rockets to take. <laughs> I mean, you don't want to spend moves to Yakum, and you don't want Fred Van Vliet, and you don't want Kyle Lowry because he's an aging star. Well, he's not even really a star anymore. He's just aging. <laughs> I mean, so the Raptors are just in a really horrible spot. They're down bad. Rock bottom, per se. And it's just, <laughs> I don't want to beat a dead horse here, but it's its really looking that way. And it doesn't seem like they're having any fun. Uh, a video was out on Twitter recently. You know, they were in the locker room trying to hype each other up before the game. And they didn't even look like they were having fun. Like, <laughs> uh, it's just real bad. They have a great coach, Nick Nurse, but... I just I don't really know what this. I, I'm hoping things get better. Right now they're currently in uh, Tampa. Like right now they're in Tampa instead of Toronto because of the coronavirus protocols that are going on in Canada. They had to move the team down in, into Tampa because the way things are currently situated in Canada, they wouldn't have been allowed to play any games. Like you know because of some is coronavirus stuff. All right, <laughs> I don't got all the specifics, but the team had to relocate to Tampa. So right now all home games for the Raptors, are in Tampa. But, like I said before, even though they're hot garbage right now, and even though Siakam is hot trash, straight up tartar sauce, and even though they're 1-5, in in, even though it's the weaker conference, things can still turn around. It can still get better. I mean, it's only been six games out of the 72-season schedule. But let's just see what happens. I don't want to talk too badly about the you know the Toronto Raptors because we don't really know. I mean, they have been playing real bad. But we'll see where things go. We'll see how things progress. And let's just hope for the best. Let's hope they get better. Now, next up, and it's something I somewhat touched on during the Raptors segment, but Julius Randle. Now, as I mentioned earlier, I was fleeced in my fantasy league. I straight up traded Julius Randle for Pascal Siakam. I did not know that Siakam was going to be this trash, and I did not know that Julius Randle was going to be hooping. Let me put this into perspective for you. Julius Randle, so far this year, now I'm. Th- this is real. This is not per 48, per 75 possessions, per 100 possessions. Nah, 
This is what he's really doing. 21.2 points per game. You heard me correct. 10.5 rebounds per game. That's not a typo. 7.2 assists per game. Are you serious? And you're probably thinking, oh, yeah, well, of course he's hooping on a bad team. They're losing. The Knicks are 4-3. and three. Like, they're not even trash. Like, well, I mean, obviously it's the beginning of the year. You know, let's hold our horses a little bit. But they're winning games. They're fifth in the Eastern Conference right now. I <laughs> Nobody saw this coming. Even the best or biggest Nick, Nick fan or Nick head, none of them saw this coming. My man Julius Randle in the offseason was straight up spending real money on VC and improved his attributes. Like, this man is dead. Like, I don't understand where this came from. This is crazy. He's been hooping. If you have Julius Randle in your fantasy league, you're really eating real good right now because he has been playing solid. He's improved his playmaking. He's actually, like, a really good passer. Like, when you watch the Knicks games, like, he's really making passes out of the post, into the post, or you know, seeing cuts happening. Like, he's just really been playing well. And he's added a little bit of range to his game. I believe he's shooting 40% from three. I'm like three attempts, something like that. So he's starting to shoot more from the outside. He's just getting really, really good. And the Knicks are actually not trash. You got R.J. Barrett, who last year had an okay season. He put up like 14 points per game on like 39% shooting, something like that. But they seem to be playing real well. And the thing about the Knicks, they haven't been shit. Well, excuse my language. They haven't been ish since like 1999 when they were in the finals. But this is like, let's hope this continues. Because the thing about the Knicks, that's the biggest market in the NBA. And what people don't understand is when the Knicks are good, that's good for basketball. Like that's good for the league. Even when Carmelo was in the Knicks just a few years ago, like that was really good for the league. Like people, even though they weren't like championship contenders, just the fact that they were relevant. Like when they had him, like 2012, 2013, and he was hoping. He won the scoring title in 2013. And like that was just interesting stuff to see. Like just to see them be good. You know what I mean? So hopefully this is just something that continues and the Knicks, you know, are actually just straight up good now. Like hopefully they're just a solid team. Maybe they can make an eighth seed or maybe at least get to the playoff, the playing tournament. And that would just be a really good step forward. Um the Knicks do have the worst owner in like ever, like in history of owning anything. Like if you're an owner of like your dog, you're probably a better owner than James Dolan because like he's pretty bad. But I mean, let's just, you know what? Pinky squ- fingers crossed. Let's just hope that the Knicks are actually relevant this year. And to see the Knicks be good and to see the Lakers good at the same time, that is just excellent because I mean, if you look at it during the 90s, the Lakers were hot trash. Until like 1999, 98, and in early 1990, 1991. But for the most part of the 90s decades, the Lakers are trash. But the Knicks are really good. Like, you know, you had the Patrick Ewing, Charles Oakley. You had uh, Anthony Mason. You just had a, a great team, like a great 90s team. They were coached by Pat Riley. That was the last time the Knicks were super relevant, super good. They made the Eastern Conference Finals. They were just a good team at that point. And they made the NBA Finals in 94 to face Hakeem. So that's the last time the Knicks were actually, like, contenders. But aside from that, they've just been trash, 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 decent. They won. A t- they made the finals in, 90, 90, in 1999, and they were just trash, trash, trash. Then they got Carmelo, and they were, like, fun again, and they were good. But then they were just trash, trash, trash. And we just started this year. It's only seven games in, so let's not get ahead of ourselves. But they're 4-3, and, and, like, they actually have a winning record 
And that's good. Like, let's hope, let's hope that continues. And let's hope Julius Randle keeps hooping. Because Julius Randle, I mean, it's always good to see new players like start to improve. It's always something you love to see. And I'm just really happy for Julius Randle. Now, next up, what are we going to be talking about? This wouldn't be an episode if I didn't talk about the beard. Come on, y'all. The beard stint. James Harden. Come on, y'all. It's been a saga. It's been a great reality show so far. I mean, before the season capped off, we was talking about where he was going to end up because the man requested a trade. Right after Russell Westbrook requested a trade, my man James Harden said, oh, I'll do you one better. I'm also going to go ahead and request a trade. I'm trying to get up out of here as well. That's what James Harden was on. And before the season started, he, he was out partying with a little baby. He was in Atlanta. He was in Las Vegas, straight chilling. Like, just doing his own thing. He was posting all... Well, he got posted on social media with no mask on. And people was losing their minds. Oh, he has no mask. And he's just been straight up disrespectful to the game of basketball, to be honest. And we heard reports that he used to show up late for practice or, you know, show up late for the team playing. And it's just not been a good look for James Harden at all. Now, what have we been hearing? And we've been hearing everything. First up, oh, yeah, maybe he'll go to the Nets. This and that. Well... Let's talk about that. James Harden to the Nets. How stupid would that be? That would be the most idiotic thing ever. Now, let's not get it twisted. James Harden, obviously, one of the best players in the world, top five player. But why would you want him on the Nets? That would ruin everything. First of all, Kyrie likes the ball in his hand. So does James Harden. No one holds the ball more than James Harden. Nobody over dribbles more. Like, literally look it up. Like, look at, check the stats, bro. Like, James Harden really has, like, the highest usage rate, like, ever, like, every year. So, why would you want to do that? Have all three of them need the ball. Now, obviously, out of the three, KD needs the ball the least. But still, that you'll be ruining a lot of things. The chemistry, the flow, the offense. That's not a good look, not a good fit. You don't want James Harden. Then we were hearing, oh, yeah, well, maybe he'll go to Philly. That might not add. Everybody's saying, everyone says it's bad. Oh, everyone, he shouldn't go to the Philly. He shouldn't go to the 76ers, this and that. I don't think it's that bad, though. Like, if he went to the 76ers, him and Joel Embiid, if they traded for Ben Simmons, if they traded James for Ben Simmons, him and Joel Embiid would not be a horrible pairing, I feel like. Like, maybe they could run, like, some type of pick-and-roll offense. Obviously, they're coached by Doc Rivers who's a little bit more of a traditional coach. I don't think it would be that bad, honestly. It would be really bad for the Rockets, though. I mean, how are you going to have Ben Simmons and John Wall on the court at the same time? Both of them are straight-up bricks. They can't shoot at all. You're going to have no space. Like, you know, when your phone is like has no more storage, it's going to be like that, like straight-up no spacing because neither one of them can shoot. They're going to drive to the basket. The defense is going to collapse, and they're going to kick it back out to the other guy, and he's going to drive in. Defense is going to collapse. He's going to kick it back to the other one, and it's going to keep going back and forth because neither one of them can shoot. <laughs> like, you don't want that if you're the Houston Rockets. But if he somehow did end up on the 76ers, and it was for Ben Simmons, so meaning you paired James Harden with Joel Embiid, I low-key feel like it would be fire. Now, maybe I'm on an island on this one, but with all the shooters they have now, I feel like that team would be pretty solid. Like I feel like you wouldn't really be looking to face that team in the playoffs because I feel like you could lose. <laughs> now, then we were hearing about him going to Miami. That that one was the kicker because Jimmy Butler in an interview said, oh, yeah, you know, I just want him to be happy. Oh, you know, 
Like, he was pretty much trying real hard to not tamper, so he didn't straight up say yes or no or anything like that, obviously, because, you know, league crazy. But he just said he wanted James Harden to be happy. And let's just talk about that. Let's entertain that thought for a minute. James Harden uh, on the Miami Heat would not work. Hell no. Especially with a with a with someone like Pat Riley, you know, Pat Town, Riley Town, whatever it's called. Pat Riley has strict rules for his players about going out, partying, things of that nature. And my main James Harden, he's not gonna be with that. They're gonna definitely be some head bumping, uh some definitely some beef, you know what I mean, if James Harden were to go to Miami, because that's not gonna fly for James Harden. James Harden likes to be pampered by his team. He wants to be able to do what he wants to do. He wants to do his own thing. And Pat Riley, not a big fan of that. So the off-rip, that's not a good fit. You know, the Heat have heat culture. It's, it's all about hard work and being gritty and defense and effort, things of that nature. Not that James Harden isn't a hard worker or that he's a bad defender because if you know hoops, James Harden is not a bad defender anymore. It's not 2016. He actually plays pretty good on defense now. But that's not really his culture. See, somebody like Jimmy Butler... Somebody like, uh, I'm trying to think who else, but just somebody who's a real grinder, just somebody who likes to work hard, Bam Adebayo, you know, Tyler Hero. These type of players, they fit so well with the Miami culture because they're hard workers, they're grinders. And James Harden simply would just not fit the bill. We heard a brief, like, little whispers that he might go to Toronto, but like I said earlier, who the hell are they going to give Houston? Like, nobody wants Fred Van Vliet. I mean, Fred Van Vliet is good, but, like, not for James Harden, no. And obviously, Kyle Lowry, nobody wants spin moves Siakam. People are talking about him going to the, the Bucks, but it's like, for what? Like, what are they going to give him? So it's like, it's looking real slow for James Harden. The Rockets got to figure out what they can do. Uh, the Rockets do have John Wall and Christian Wood. But as far as James Harden is concerned, we don't really know what's going on. But I did want to touch on it just a little bit, though. And that's pretty much all I have for you guys today. That is Hoops Cast, episode 12. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Hope you guys had a great New Year's. And make sure you guys follow me on all social media platforms. Twitter, at A1 Hoops. Instagram, A1 Hoops. Uh, Clubhouse, A1, A1 Hoops. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, everything. A1, I'm A1 Hoops everywhere. That's all you need to type in. You can type me in on MySpace, and I promise you they got me. <laughs> and I just hope you guys have a great one. Peace out.